What's up, y'all? Football is just around the corner, and I know you guys are just as stoked as I am. Before we talk about football, though, we need to talk about something even more important. And that, of course, is dnvrmortgage.com. My friends Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans, but they're proud CSU alums. They've supported DNBR for a long time as DNBR members, and I'm so, so stoked to team up with them because they are the best out there. It's a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial experience, and they can legitimately save you hundreds of dollars a month. We're talking thousands of dollars of interest over a lifetime. These guys can help you find out if you're able to reduce or even eliminate your current mortgage insurance premiums. Talk about clutch. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt, they believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. And you know, look, maybe you're not buying a new house. Maybe you would like to access the equity in your house to do a large project like I don't know, go back to school at somewhere like MSU Denver Online, or, you know, maybe you're just trying to consolidate student loans. Look, refinancing is not right for everyone, so Mike and Virginia will run a quick analysis and honestly let you know whether refinancing might be right for you. I'm telling you, even if you're only thinking, you know, maybe I want to do something a couple of years down the road, you know, maybe I'm thinking of going back to school, maybe I'm thinking of purchasing a home, give Mike and Virginia a call. They'll give you the best advice on what you should do to put yourself in the best position down the road. Visit dnvrmortgage.com. That is dnvrmortgage.com. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast, we've got a special guest today. John Simmer, play-by-play man for Palmer Ridge High School, also the producer for Orlando and Sandy on 104.3 The Fan. John, how's it going, my man? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, thanks for having me on here. It's uh, it's a pleasure, and uh, it's kind of it's funny how everything kind of comes full circle. Um, I was at the media school, you know, a little over a year ago, and interning back at uh, when you guys were BSN, you weren't there at the time yet, um, but I was under. Andre Simone in the uh, stats department. Shout out, Andre, and met you at the CSU Pro Day. And I think uh, I think the main people there were Preston Williams, uh, BC Johnson, and Josh Watson were like the notable names. Um, I'm not sure if I'm missing any, but just kind of cool how this all comes full circle. And uh, I'm happy to happy to be on here. Oh man, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that was dude, such yeah. a weird Pro Day too, because. You know, I, I hate to say it, but Preston did really bad. He, he yeah, did he really did bad well. that day. And I mean, the scouts were audibly talking about how poor he was doing. And uh-huh. it's it's part of the job, you know, when you when you post that stuff, you know, sometimes they're going to see it. But actually, I felt a little bad because I know Preston saw all the tweets that I posted from that day because uh-huh. he went and he like, you know, favorited him later. And and I get it. You know, he's killing it. So good for him. But funny, funny stuff. It comes, comes full circle now. 
Yeah, yeah, that was a, and that was like, you know, that was a dream come true for me at the time because, again, I was still at the media school and Andre was nice enough to get me a media pass and it was really awesome to be there. But yeah, I remember, you know, I think, you know, the 40-yard dash or whatever it's worth, I think he ran like a 4-5 or, or something in like the high 4-5, mid 4-5, something like that. And he ran it twice and I know he wasn't doing well in terms of, you know, most of the drills and stuff like that, but then he really displayed his, you know, his talent at the end when he was just kind of showcasing his route running and catching ability. And obviously that's shown in the league with Miami. So I'm glad things worked out for him. Yeah. I think it was like a four five, eight or something like yeah, that, but it was a little slow for a receiver, but Hey, he's a gamer at the end of the day, you know, he's, he's going to have a successful career and that's really all that matters. Yeah. I drafted him in fantasy this year. So that's to say something. It. The uh, the reason I brought John on though is obviously he has, you know, probably the the best perspective on Luke McAllister in terms of media that I could bring on here. I've I brought his quarterback coach on in the past, Tim Jenkins, a couple of times, and that's always great. Tim's a good friend of mine, but I wanted to get John on here because he's called him for a couple of years now. He and I'm I'm just gonna kind of let John run the floor here for a second. Um, you know, you messaged me last week saying how impressed you were with the strides that he's taken this year what exactly do you mean by that so uh, i guess a little bit of backstory um i was still i had just graduated the media school and um the head coach of palm ridge tom polford he is like childhood friends with um someone i know and actually called the games with now and his name is jeff gersh and uh jeff approached me and came to me with the opportunity to call the games and they were this was last year so they were still in 3a at the time and i thought it was perfect you know i knew absolutely nothing about palmer ridge um at the time and you know i just wanted to get some reps in i thought it'd be you know pretty casual and a good place for me to kind of get some reps starting in uh doing play-by-play so you know i was just kind of doing some research in in uh on the bears down there in monument and I'd come to learn that they were kind of a powerhouse in 3A. They were looking for their third straight 3A championship uh, last year and kind of, you know, looking at the big players and really uh, last year, they really built their offense around the run game. Um, And I'm pretty sure that was for, you know, years before that. And Luke McAllister, although he was a junior last year, it was his first year starting. Uh, He had backed up a, a, uh, a kid named Ty Evans, who um, I believe won, I think it's the Colorado Gatorade Player of the Year. I think that's the title of the award back in 2017. Um, and McAllister really hadn't played at all. He, uh, when he started, um, it was his first game starting, and he had only thrown for 48 yards and one passing touchdown on 7 for 15. So he had not seen a lot of action and, and um, big shoes to fill too coming oh yeah coming absolutely. off of ty evans yeah and i mean i know uh i think ty evans also he was which is kind of a trend with some bears ty evans had verbally committed to uh cu and then decided to go nc to, state uh, North, yeah nc state and that's where he went and um i don't think he's gotten any playing time there but that's where he's at currently and um really the big the big names um, helping out McAllister was just the entire offensive line. They're massive. I mean, when I went to the first game, the first game was in Canyon City, which is a little bit outside a monument there in the Springs. I mean, it was men amongst boys. Um, the offensive line is huge. 
And um, so that was the first thing that popped out when I was there in person. But looking on paper, they had a wide receiver named uh, Anthony Roberson. He goes by Deuce. And I believe he actually set last year the receiving yards record all time in Colorado. Wow. Um, I think he had like over 4,000 receiving yards, almost 41 or 4,200. Um, so he was a gamer. And uh, then they had obviously that big offensive line. And then Rafe Rule, uh, who was a senior running back. And uh, Rafe was special. I mean, he, I'm, I think I have his numbers up. Yeah, he ran in the four years he started. He ran for almost 4,500 yards and 76 touchdowns. So that could kind of tell you how dominant he was from freshman year on. And he had 32 rushing touchdowns. Yeah, he had 32 last year with almost 2,000 yards rushing. And he was averaging almost 70 yards a carry. So that was, yeah, that's really where the offense came from was. And that's where it kind of ties into what I was, why I was so impressed and why I felt the, the urge to uh, DM you last week was because the offense was solely around, and I mentioned this in the DM as well, you know, that it was getting the run game established early and really trying to get McAllister in a rhythm. So you knew Rafe Rule was going to get his. Um, he was going to wear down the defense. You got a massive offensive line. All you need is just to not turn the ball over, not to mention their defense is incredible as well, why they are so dominant. And um, just don't turn the ball over and get McAllister, you know, nice, easy reps, especially early on in the season. And when you got, have guys like um, Cam Jones, who is a tight end slash defensive end, he's a senior this year. Um, you have Anthony Costanzo, who's a senior this year. Caden Dudley, who's a senior this year, all wide receivers. And then, of, of course, uh, Anthony Roberson. I mean, it was easy just to run, you know, quick screens, uh, quick slants over the middle you know, two, four yard completions that would bust out for, you know, 15 yards minimum. Um, just so it was really athletes, just, yeah. yeah, just getting, getting the ball in playmakers hands. And as the season progressed, you could tell that they were trying to, in my opinion, I, I, I've talked to coach Grove, the offensive coordinator one time, and really, he just really established that it's Rafe rules offense at the time. And this was in about week three or four. And I've seen every game from last year except two. I missed the Pine Creek game, which is a bummer. Pine Creek obviously won 4A last year. So I was a big matchup and they like had a rescheduling conflict and I didn't get the memo. So I missed that one. And then I missed uh, the Discovery Canyon game last year. Um, both of them were losses. So I've not been able to see how this team reacts or how Luke McAllister specifically reacts in a loss. So I can't necessarily, you know, talk in that aspect, which is kind of a bummer. But well, we actually was, we had Luke on and, and he kind of talked about that Discovery Canyon loss in particular uh-huh. and and how much it kind of fueled them because that was the one at the end of the season, right? Right before the playoffs. Yeah, I think it was like the last game or second to last game. It was one of the last games of the season. Yeah, I, be- I believe it was the last game of the regular season. And yeah, so he, he kind of talked about how that was a, it was kind of a wake up call going into the playoffs. And then obviously they pretty much smacked everyone once from yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, they pretty much smacked everyone all season. And even uh, Pine Creek got the better edge of them. I think it was like 50 or 49 to 28 was the score. Um, and and really, Pine Creek's Luke a played, really good program. Yeah, and Luke played really well in that game. He had over 330 yards passing. I'm looking at the stats now. He had 63% completion, over 330 yards. 
22 uh, yards of pass and three touchdowns and interception. So really just what happened was their defense kind of broke down and the, uh, the running back for Pine Creek, David Moore just kind of took off with 353 yards and four touchdowns. So now he's a stud. Yeah. He, I think he's out in uh, uh, Southern Utah. Somewhere in Utah. Yeah, he he definitely did not get the recruiting attention that I thought. He was, you know, a little bit undersized, and yeah. that happens, especially in Colorado. But hey, you know, guys like Austin Eckler are proof that it doesn't really matter. You know, if you if you go out and you put the numbers up, you will get noticed. Oh sure, and uh, a funny uh, tidbit about Eckler is I actually did um, sideline reporting for School of Mines this last season, and I've got to talk to the coaching staff and stuff down there. And they would always rant and rave about Eckler because they played him, obviously, in yeah. D2 down there. Um, so just kind of a small little tidbit about that. But, yeah, and, I mean, Roberson, too, you're talking about, you know, um, not a lot of recruiting. Roberson, I think he's playing in JUCO. I think he's down at Snow College, which is in Utah, too, I believe. So, you know, those guys who you think, and I thought Roberson could play at a D1 level, but um, he's starting as a true freshman, so um, that's good for him. But. Going back to you know, McAllister last year, you know, his his big thing was they didn't take a whole lot of shots down the sideline. Um, and when they did, this is just kind of my eyes telling me and the percentage is probably wrong. But I would say maybe 30 percent, 25 to 30 percent of the time he was on target going down the sideline um, okay. when they did take a shot. And usually it would take an Anthony Roberson or a Caden Dudley to make an incredible play if the play actually got completed. So accuracy downfield and arm strength were two minuses, I guess you can say, um, last year. And then his his accuracy over the middle, he always just seemed to throw the ball a little too high for his receivers. Um, and so well, he's a taller really guy, just, so, so yeah. sometimes that's a factor. And I think Roberson, Roberson was kind of tall. I think he was 6'2 or 6'3". Oh, no, I'm right. He's 5'10". I'm looking here. So, uh, <laughs> But a lot of those, you know, kind of, those were my three knocks on him. And Caden Dudley actually made an, he mossed a guy in the uh, championship game last oh, season. Oh, yeah, I remember that um, video. Yeah, and he, I believe Caden Dudley was verbally committed to CU as well. Uh, but he he's going to Boise State along with Costanzo. So uh, they're getting two really good receivers. Uh, Dudley's been going off this year. I don't know if you, there's a video uh, circulating on Twitter. He juked, he caught a ball at like the five-yard line, juked out three of the Grand Junction defenders simultaneously, like a Madden move. They all like kind of did the same movement, juked three of them out of their shoes, ducked under a tackle and then stiffed armed another would-be tackler and went into the end zone. It was incredible. So Caden Dudley is a playmaker as well. This Palmer Ridge team really just is surrounded by playmakers. It's actually quite something to see from such a small school in uh in Monument. So but those were like the three knocks I had on McAllister. And then this year I really had I didn't really know what to expect from the play calling because you had Rafe Rules gone. He was a senior last year. Roberson gone. He was a senior last year. And so it really was up to Costanzo, who wasn't as much involved last year. Um, and then Caden Dudley. And so the question was, can McAllister throw these guys open or hit them downfield when they're down, you know, 40, 30 yards down the field when they're wide open? Can he hit them? Um, those are my two biggest concerns. And Saxon Wright, who is now taking over um, the running back position and it's kind of a running back by committee 
you're kind of uh, fluctuating between three running backs. Um, but none of them are Rafe rule. I mean, all due respect to those three guys. I mean, Rafe was just incredible. Um, so it was really interesting. I was kind of worried, especially going up to 4A, how Palmer Ridge would respond. And obviously they've been just fine in the first two games. I think they're outscoring their opponents like 90 to 7 or something like that. And uh, going back to what I mentioned to you, I mean, McAllister looks like a completely different quarterback. Uh, he's just taken, and I understand, you know, he's 17 going on 18 years old or whatever, but he's just taken that next step and a half. I mean, his, his footwork, and, and by no means am I a quarterback coach, but from what I see, his feet are always set. Even if he's scrambling left or right, he always takes the time to set his feet. He's not afraid of taking a hit. He's taken a couple hits when he's kind of rolled out to the left, set his feet, and thrown to Caden Dudley, and they've all been money. I think of uh, four or five passes of 30-plus yards, I think one was in inaccurate. All of the rest have been caught for touchdowns. Uh, wow. And that's been both of them wide open, him throwing them open, and them making, making a play. So it's been a combination, combination of that. But just watching him develop was just... It was night and day. It was just kind of like, oh, wow, this is not the same kid that I remember. They kind of, you know, the Palm Ridge offense kind of had to get him into the groove. Now it's more run game is secondary and let's get a big play on the first drive from McAllister or let's get an 80-yard drive from McAllister throwing six or seven times and completing five or six of those completions and scoring a touchdown. It's just been unbelievable to see how much of an actual quarterback he looks like uh, back there in the pocket for Monument. Week six of football is in the books, and now it's time to review the tape and get ready for week seven. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. To add to the excitement of Week 7, DraftKings Sportsbook is bringing back their can't-miss offer. If you haven't tried DraftKings Sportsbook yet, head to the app now because you do not want to miss this. DraftKings is giving all new users the chance to earn a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 when signing up with the promo code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players, they can do it all. Don't worry if football isn't for you, DraftKings is giving all MMA and baseball fans who sign up now the chance to earn $1 into $100 by betting either on UFC 254 or taking on any baseball championship game. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get $1,000. That's the promo code DNVR to get a sign-up bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll get back to the interview with John in just a second, but quick, here is my DraftKings pick of the week. There's a lot of really fun NFL games coming up this weekend, and I'm pretty intrigued by all of them. Obviously, Denver, Kansas City. We'll see how that one plays out. You know, I hope the Broncos compete. It, it uh, should be pretty interesting with Mahomes and, and just, you know, how 
I don't know, just unstoppable the Chiefs have been at times. But one of the games that I'm really intrigued by is actually the Monday night matchup, the Rams and Bears. Two really talented defenses, two teams that have played pretty well this year. Right now, the Rams are six-point favorites. And that spread makes me a little bit nervous, but I don't know. I just think the Rams have kind of been coming together over the last couple of weeks or so. And so I feel pretty confident that they're barely going to cover that. I think they win by a touchdown. So that's my DraftKings pick of the week, Los Angeles minus six. Take it. You know, kind of going off of, of what you said, it sounds like last year, you know, they didn't they didn't necessarily make as many plays down the field this year. Early, they're stretching it. Based on what I've seen, you know, they're they're not afraid to attack the middle. But what I've been really impressed with are some of those throws, you know, down the sideline. They they aren't easy, especially when you're deep in the pocket. You got a pass rush coming in your face to drop it in a bucket like that over the DB. It, it's not easy, especially to do it consistently at that level. And and you know, I'm I always try to be careful because you know the with the way that recruiting works and you know, the whole internet process. I just think that we overhype people before they ever sure. actually accomplish anything at the next level. But it's it's really hard, I think, to not, you know, buy into this kid. One, because, you know, he has the athleticism, he's flashy. But what I like about him, at least, you know, from talking to him a couple of times, following him, talking to some other people, he's got some attitude to him. And I want that out of my quarterback. You know, I want a little bit of that oomph, that swagger, you know, I think Mahomes has some of that. I think the best quarter, and I'm not calling him Patrick Mahomes. I just mean the good quarterbacks, I think, have a little bit of that in him. Right. Do you, do you yeah, get think, that I, sense? Yeah, I think there's a fine line between cockiness and confidence. And Luke McAllister bleeds confidence. So it's not from a, he knows his limits. And you could tell that last year. So he kind of just fit into his role and did what was best for the team. And this year, it seems he's taken on that full leadership role. And in a game, and it's probably going to happen at least once this year, he's going to have to win them a game where maybe the defense is struggling a little bit. Um, the run game isn't as productive as they're used to. And he's going to have to make three or four big-time throws, especially come the playoffs, um, if they want to get a fourth championship here in their first and 4A. He's going to have to have a game like that. And I think uh, he's more than ready for that kind of thing. And he just exuberates that, you know, like I said, there's a difference between cockiness and confidence. He's confident in his ability and he's confident in his teammates. And that just, you know, what, what Coach Polford has done down there is really incredible. I mean, the whole team has that kind of mindset, this very adult mindset. Because you got to remember, these kids are still teenagers and they just have, they carry themselves with such a, level of, dare I say, professionalism to their game and to how they go about it. And I mean, it'd be easy for them. And I've said on the broadcast multiple times, you know, they're crushing these teams. I mean, the game was over after, in all honesty, after four possessions uh, last week. And it'd be easy, you know, for them to just be hanging out by the Gatorade cooler and, you know, just talking, laughing, helmets off, and not really paying attention to what the defense are doing. But, you know, you have McAllister, Saxon Wright, Caden Dudley, Anthony Casazzo, Cam Jones. All these guys are in the front row of the sideline cheering their guys on. And they're always engaged and involved um, in every play. And, I mean, McAllister didn't even play the second half. And he was still there on the sideline, you know, being attentive and um, and watching his backup quarterbacks, you know, go out there and be be a leader 
you know, to encourage them to do well. So to that point, yeah, I think, um, you know, he, uh, he definitely has those kind of characteristics. And I mean, it's got to show in the, I obviously haven't seen him work in the off season, but I mean, to take the jump from what he's done last year, just in watching him play, even if you're just a casual fan, if you watched him last year, a handful of games and you watched the first two games this year, it is apparent. It's so obvious the jump he's taken. And the only way you do that is work at your craft and love what you do and be devoted to getting better. And I mean, it's clear as day that that's what he's done over the season, uh, off season. Yeah. I mean, I think he deserves a ton of credit. I think, you know, that, that matches everything that I've ever been told by, you know, his QB trainer, Tim Jenkins, who just speaks the world of him all the time. And, you know, right now he's getting the results, which are encouraging to see. One of the things I wanted to go back to is that jump to 4A, because that was one of the things that I was interested in coming into the season. Obviously, it's I'm not trying to diminish anything that they accomplished at 3A because I think to win a state title is impressive, whether it's six-man, eight-man football or, you know, 5A. You still got to beat the teams ahead of you, and that's what they've done the last couple of years. They've been a winning program. You know, looking at that schedule coming in, a lot was made of the travel and, you know, having to play all these teams at Grand Junction and stuff. So far, they're handling it fine. I kind of pulled up their schedule here. Looks like they've got Grand Junction Central coming up. They're not very good. 0-2, Montrose, Fruita Monument, and then Ponderosa. Really, I'd say, you know, it's looking like that Ponderosa showdown on November 12th, probably the the toughest game they have left on their schedule. I'd it, you know, is it is it safe to say that expectations are they should probably run the table? Uh yeah, I would say that just looking at the level of competition and how they've handled that competition. They look better than last year, which is insane. And I think a lot of that has to do with Luke McAllister. I really do. And opening up the passing game and being so, you said it's most of his big plays come down the sideline now. And I said he was accurate maybe 25% of the time. That's jumped up to like 65% now. It's again, it's just, it's, and I think I use this word exactly. It's baffling. I don't have any answers for you other than it just is like he's just put in the work and he's just gotten that much better and i think i did say um that he's going to be a star at csu i kind of want to roll that back a little bit and what just why i'm so no, hyped up about this it. guy <laughs> what i'm hyped up about this guy because i i understand you know the jump from high school to college is obviously pretty big but it's just he passes the eyeball test i mean he if you were just to put somebody who doesn't really know much about football in front of a game down in Monument at Donbury Stadium, and you watch him, you'd be like, yeah, he looks like he knows how to play the position, and he could probably play at CU or CSU. So that's really what I was trying to get my point. He just passes the eyeball test, and how he looks and plays the game um, compared to last year especially. So, But yeah, to Grand Junction Central, you know, they do have to travel down. I think it's uh, Stoker or Stalker Stadium they're going down to um, on Friday. And then they have another home game. I believe that should be a Don Breeze. Um, I think that's Montrose. And then they have to go back to Grand Junction again to play Fruta. And then they end the game or end the season um, in that Ponderosa game. And I think Ponderosa, that's the game I have circled. Uh, Ponderosa's look pretty good. I haven't been able to. Uh, really look into them too much and obviously with COVID or anything I can't really like attend a game if I wanted to so uh 
but yeah, that that would be the one game I have scheduled, and that'll really be the test. And honestly, that's I think that's pretty favorable for uh, for Palmer Ridge because it gets that last test, the last game of the season, and then geared up for uh, for a playoff run. Definitely, it'll it'll be fun to see how this all plays out. You know, I I know that the decision to play this fall is is a controversial one, and there are differing perspectives on that, and that's all fair, but. I'm just excited for a lot of these guys that are potentially, you know, getting an opportunity to get a scholarship and and all that fun stuff. And then, you know, just getting a chance to play before I let you go though. I did want to ask you a little bit just about your experiences, you know, over at one Oh four three and, and being a producer for Orlando and Sandy. I mean, Sandy cough, that's one of the biggest names in Denver sports yeah. media. What is it like working with him? Oh, it's awesome, man. Uh, you know, when I was, uh, I got the, I was notified I would start the position literally on the 1st of January of this year. So it's been almost 11 months since I've taken the position. And, um, you know, I always say that, you know, if it was anyone but Sandy for my first host, um, it'd probably be a train wreck because he was just so, uh, he's just so versatile. He's been doing this for decades. Um, I think it's like 40 plus years he's been in the Denver media scene and he's just so knowledgeable and so, um, just versatile and can talk about literally any, like you could go, he can talk about the sixties, you know, from, uh, from the Broncos perspective and bring out stats from certain games. And he's just so knowledgeable, so versatile in, um, in his, you know, in his role as a host. And it's really, uh, helped me, you know, be the best producer I can be. And, uh, it's really shown me, you know, what it takes to, um, what the work takes to do the right prep. Cause it's funny. We always joke. He always has this stack of, it starts like in the preseason, he'll just have one like Bronco roster book. And then as the season goes on, the stack gets bigger and bigger and bigger with newspapers and books and articles. And, you know, by, you know, now six weeks into the season, it's like a foot high. Um, so we always give him, you know, kind of a hard time about that, but Working with Sandy is awesome. And then obviously Orlando Franklin drafted second round here, played with uh, his first years in 2011 out of the U, played with Tim Tebow, Peyton Manning, got to a Super Bowl, Super Bowl 48, um, one that's not the most memorable. But, you know, working with him has been awesome. And, you know, I, I, we're right after the morning show. So seeing Mark Schlereth, Mike Evans, and then obviously Stokely and Zach right afterwards, it's, uh, it's a cool experience over there. And uh, I know, you know, we get a lot of flack from time to time, but I love working there. I love the guys I work with, and it's just a, it's an awesome experience. Getting flack is just a part of the game, man. Sure, like, sure. And, and the numbers speak for themselves. So, you know, I, I, I will take my shots at 104.3, or not even 104.3, because I've, I've been consuming 104.3 content for, God, I don't know, 15 years of my life. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm very much a fan. It, when you're the biggest you're the easiest to criticize and that's of just course, how it yeah. works. And we know that too. And we have fun with it. And, you know, it, if you were in the building for, you know, and I, this can be said for a lot of places, but if you were in the building, you know, for a month or even just a day, an hour, you know, you would get the vibe and it's just, it, it's such a great place to work there. Um, you know, shout out Ross, Sharon and Parker Hillis. They just, they do a great job letting us be who we want to be and really just talking about the topics we feel um, are the best to give our opinions on. And just, you know, I don't have a single bad thing to say about anyone or anything. 
uh, that's done at the fan. It really isn't like you. I knew I was kind of late getting into, uh, into football because I played year-round sports through most of high school. So I didn't really get like into the Broncos until around my junior year of high school, around 2010. And uh, I found the fan and I've been listening to them uh, since then. So, you know, just getting a job there was quite literally a dream come true. So it's awesome, man. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for doing this. And, and it was, a, you know, it was a lot of fun having you yeah, on man, here. Of and, course. you know, it was cool. to. I didn't even really plan to talk this much about all the other stuff, but it, I think it's going to be fun for my audience. So hopefully we can get you on here at some point, you know, later down the season and, you know, good luck with everything. Stay safe, stay healthy. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always open. I can always, you know, open an hour or so of time to talk some Palm Ridge Bears football and, you know, shout out to, uh, Tom Pulford and the gang and, you know, hope to see them win a fourth consecutive championship, man. It's going to be tough, but if anyone could do it, it's those boys down in Monument. And uh, just if I can do one more quick shout out, uh, if you want to yeah. watch these games, we broadcast them all, obviously. Um, so if you want, you can go to twitch.tv slash coach underscore G underscore TV. That's, uh, that's my partner, Jeff Gersh's uh, Twitch channel. That's where we broadcast every game. He will actually be down in Grand Junction. I won't be able to make it uh, this weekend. I'm trying to make it so I can make it down next or the next time there's mm-hmm. Grand Junction, which is in, I think, two weeks. But go ahead, give it a follow. Um, we're live, you know, every, uh, every Friday or Saturday if the schedule permits it. And, um, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at ijohnsimmer. And I tweet out, I tweet out, you know, every game day, the channel and everything like that. So go ahead and give it a follow, give a follow on Twitch. And, uh, you know, you get to watch the future CS Ram, CSU Ram, uh, go to work every weekend. So it should be a lot of fun. Definitely follow my guy, John on Twitter. We will make sure that we share those links as well this Friday. That'll be awesome. It'll give me something to watch. Try not to think about all these fires and everything else. Yeah. John, take care, my friend. Thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks so much, Justin. That's how you make music. I only seem to write when the words, they don't come to me. I'm staring at this page, and I swear it stares back at me. Read between the lines, see the blank and all the happenings. It's been 35, and I ain't even wrote like half a thing. Rhymes that make sense, but more lines that didn't. I was walking with my headphones, heavy bumping pivot. Simplistic white pages, they dreaming we were famous. They say they like the cadence, mark the summers like cicadas. Those ain't favors, my mood rings an alligator Spit like Vader with the saber, steady kicking it like Prater Staring at white paper, it's habitual behavior Check the flavor, that's some sage advice But confidence a great disguise And certain lines are idolized Like yeah, I'm fine and I don't mind It's out of sight, it's out of mind And I've been dwelling on my past Just to see what I can find Lost and found memories of places I designed And my imagination's different now But I swear that